Welcome to Earn's World. Hitting you over the head one bop at a time. When it comes to the we do, there's no comparison. This is the Earn's World Podcast. Hosted by DJ Earn One and Diff You. What it do? There's a culture shift, and we're the culprits. Chickens are weird! Alright y'all, welcome back to the Orange Bro Podcast, it's your boy DJ Iron One. It's your boy Diff You. And per usual, we coming from Portland, from the couch. Live in the flesh. How was your week? How's your week been? Man, busy and stressful. Why you say that? I mean, I could bitch about it, but I'd rather not. But it's been, it's been pretty stressful. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, but you know... We just got to keep pushing, man. There's a lot of people out here going through it, so, you know, just another, just another day of getting through it, that's all. Yeah, I got my older brother in town this week. Oh, yes, indeed. Brother so, from another mother. Hosting him. So his only request was really to, like, go to the beach. It's when? Funny. I don't know, probably on Friday. Shit. But it's just funny because... Um, I thought he'd already been to the beach out here before, but I took my parents out there. Yeah, we went to the beach one time with Patrick, but that I don't know. That wasn't during the summer, though. It was. It was? For real? Yeah, it was like summer. Actually, no, it might have been fall. It wasn't, because that water was cold. might have been fall. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like water's cold regardless out here. No, it's true. It's always like 20 degrees colder at the coast than it is out here in Portland. I don't know why, but... It just always is. But, um, yeah, man, shit. Other than that, I've been cooking up music and shit, as usual. Um, That's about it, honestly. Really ain't been doing a whole lot. No, I feel it, I feel it. But there has been some great things going on, though, uh, in the world. Um, A lot of people have been showing love because it's uh, hip-hop's 50th birthday. So that's been pretty much the, honestly, to me, the highlight of the month, if anything, because it's like, Ever since that birthday has kicked off, everybody's just been kind of like shining light on this shit. So, which makes sense because we are the culture. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop literally has been running this shit for uh, quite some time now. For the past what fifty years? 50 so, this shit is pretty crazy, man. Um, but before we get into that, um, we do want to share some some. Uh, That's most stuff we want to talk to y'all about. Some news that is. Related to hip hop, in a sense, the culture. Um, first off, uh, DJ Casper passed away recently. Um, for those that don't know who DJ Casper is, he is a DJ, but he's also <laughs> <laughs> the originator of the Cha Cha Slide. And if you don't know the Cha Cha Slide, you may have heard it and didn't realize it was the Cha Cha Slide. Because honestly, it's very recognizable, especially if you've been around a black family. Any black function, cookout, whatever you may call it, this was definitely played at some point in your life for sure. Hands down. Like, I can for sure, like, am I tripping? No, you're right. It's pretty facts. Like, if, you, if you're black and you didn't hear this song, your family's different. I don't know, cookouts, birthday parties. Definitely your grandma's function. Any type of just like black social gathering, for real, for real, like old heads. But then you would even you would even hear it in school. So yeah. 
it was one of those that transcended, you know, into a lot of communities. And they had multiple versions. I think we, I had the CD. I know for sure I had the CD. And uh, yeah, man, it took over. It was like the new age Macarena. If I remember correctly, DJ Casper's from Chicago. So shout out to Chicago again for, you know, doing some stuff that, you know, breaks, breaks, the, breaks the bounds of culture, breaks the bounds and barriers of culture. True. This dance had every, I mean, this song had everybody doing the dance. <laughs> Look at that outfit. What is he wearing? That hat, like, what is he wearing on his head? I don't know. What version is this? This sounds like a variation of it, but I don't know. We know we would definitely get flagged for copyright if we put this in the video. True. I wonder what type of beanie he's wearing that in this video. Is that a gray one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a fast forwarded version of this audio. He got the Jewish people doing the dance too. But yeah, man. Um, he passed away. Rest in peace, man. This is definitely one of those that held it down in our childhood. Was it this week that he passed away or was it last week? Uh, it was a few days ago. It might have been last week or so. It wasn't a, I don't think it's been a full week yet, to be honest with you. And if it has, it will be by the time we post this video. <laughs> yeah, probably so. so. <clears throat> but yeah, man, this is uh, one of those ones. Yeah, man. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody was doing this dance before. Uh, what? before Cupid Shuffle, it was this. Facts. I hated that Cupid Shuffle shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. It got old real quick to me. I mean, I I never liked it to begin with, and it was only a, it was only the women that got up to do this shit. This song, this song, I mean, this song was just. Was Am I just, tripping? The Cupid Shuffle, I, or at least where I was old at, people. It was just, just old people. It was, just always, it was always women, the old, old, black, old women that got up and did this shit. I say old people. I ain't never seen no dude do get up and do the Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, no, nah, this was fun for everybody of all ages. Yeah, everybody was rocking with this. I've still never seen I've never seen this video until today. I don't know why they chose to do this audio version instead of the original. Oh, was that a Tyra Banks? I thought it was Tyra Banks at the table, but it's, it probably wasn't. They got Tyra Banks money? Probably not. I don't know. This is a big deal at that time. All the way to the flow. <laughs> yeah, this is actually kind of funny. But anyway, we're going to, I guess, move along. R.I.P. DJ Casper. Appreciate you for giving us the cha-cha slide. Facts. We'll forever play that shit. So, yeah. Um. Next up. Uh... Magoo, Magoo has passed away. Another Virginia legend. Um, I want to break this down to the people that don't know, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening have no clue who the fuck we're talking about right now. But probably so. Magoo is a rapper from Virginia. Um, actually, the right hand man of Timberland, Timberland, and they came up together. They grew up together, so to speak. Um, and yeah, you know, once Timberland got in his situation where, you know, he was uh, coming up as a producer, pretty much put his homie on. They kind of, you know, been sticking together ever since. And they put out uh, 
two dope ass albums that to me I feel like I kind of slept on, especially the first album, um, which for the longest was actually hard to get to if you didn't have it because it wasn't on Apple Music or Spotify for a while. And I think there was like, I don't know, you know how that politics should go with labels, but it was like up at one point and then off, and then now it's back up again. Um, for me personally, this album is close to me, the uh, Welcome to My World, Welcome to Our World, um, because a lot of the shit that I even know of today related to hip-hop music is because of my dad. So this is actually a perfect segue into our whole um, topic for the pod today because it's hip-hop's 50th birthday and coincidentally enough this is one of the albums that literally kind of got me into hip-hop like my dad always had some dope shit that he would play when we were riding together in the car and this was one of them and being a kid listening to some of this production to me is like out of this world and i am not exaggerating because timbaland already always had a crazy fucking sound but imagine being a kid with a certain type of imagination and you already like hear music in a certain way and you hear Timbaland shit and it's like what the fuck is this like of course I'm not saying what the fuck is this but I'm literally thinking to myself like this is crazy you know like what is this and it that it always stuck with me and then years later I ended up getting a hold of the CD of course it was my dad's but my dad leaves a lot of CDs around and these days he'll he'll I know, I know exactly what you mean. My parents got a whole collection of CDs, and I feel like if any of them were to go missing, they probably wouldn't even think think twice about it. But yeah, the vinyl, but the vinyl with records, I feel like my dad would notice. Yeah, so like, which is odd. These but days, also not really at the same time. But continue, my No, you're good. My dad wouldn't even claim hip hop. You know, like he hate to say it, but I ain't mad at him. You know, the state of hip-hop right now isn't in the greatest form. Well, I'm not going to say the state of hip-hop. It's really just rap music. But because that's what is pushed a lot as far as musically, um, he he kind of just, like, shuns the whole thing away in a sense. Like, he doesn't really care too much about it no more. But I'm glad that at least he was able to instill this shit in me because I'm passing the torch. Like, I love this shit. And if it wasn't for my dad, I low-key, I would dead-ass not be hip-hop for sure. So... Anyway, not to get lengthy, but this project, like I said, is one of those ones. And it's kind of hard for me to pick my favorite track off this project. But I would have to say Up Jumps the Boogie and 15 After the Hour. But let's be real. There is like five other joints on this album that were all fire. And then what's crazy is, too, I was just talking to Earn about this shit. This man Timbaland literally put out the same song on the same album with a different beat, which normally is hard to do. Most people are not trying to hear the same song with a different beat on the same fucking album. They're going to be like, why would you do that? But because Timbaland is Timbaland, he did it and it worked. And he did it twice on this album. Because he had the up jumps to Boogie with the remix too. And then he has the love to love you exactly, and I don't even think the other one was a remix or something, was it? I think it was just. It was. It was. Yeah. Okay. 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 Still though, he random shits back to back. You know what I'm saying? It's like most people would not do that. It's kind of bold for an album move, but it worked. Yeah, I feel like my favorite track off this album is probably "Love to Love You," or it's either "Love to Love You" or this. 
That 15 after the hour, though. The 15 after the hour is tough. That beat is crazy because there's like this sample. I be listening to the samples. There's this one little sound he uses as an instrument, but in the, in the instrument that he uses from the sample, there's like talking in the background. If you pay attention really, really closely, and I don't know why, but I love, I love that little is there as detail. Dancing behind her, yeah, that's, that's genuine, like, yeah. Because you know they was that's the click. I know, but I'm just saying. I just thought it was funny. I was like, yo, is that genuine right there behind her? Yeah, he is right there again. You know the click gonna be in there. Um, rest in peace to Magoo, man. Um, there's so many crazy things that leak into like it's weird because we could segue into so many things just off Timberland and Magoo, because like. That one track was on the motherfucking You Got Served. And You Got yeah, Served was a drop. And You Got Served was a breakdancing, um a breakdancing out uh breakdancing film. Uh you got served. Yeah, you got served was a was a breakdancing film. So it's like Yeah, man, this this whole hip hop thing it runs in this shit ain't stopping. Uh kinda wanna ask you what your what what's your uh Favorite element of hip hop? Um, I don't know. I guess I'd say I mean we kind of talked about this earlier, but I'd say my top two would for, for sure be DJing, obviously, and then um, I'd say just the whole like b boy aspect, breakdancing, dance crews, that whole aspect of hip hop. For sure. I also like fashion. So. True. True. Damn. I kind of like. I mean, I, I mean that's I like not it really, all, but it's just like um my favorites. The and fashion isn't really part of. I mean, it is it is an element, but that's not. They don't necessarily count that as like one of the main elements. I do. I for sure do. I mean, but that's not an original element, technically. Style, but that's never actually been an original element of hip hop. No, like like not saying like it is. It's I would part. Say it it's, is. No, 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 no. It it's definitely. But what I'm saying is the the elements have always been DJing, breaking, MC, graffiti. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but I mean. Uh, so I'm like, fashion is, is like, of course, definitely part of hip hop for sure. But I'm not saying that wasn't an element. But when you bring that up, it's kind well, of no, interesting. Not necessarily what makes hip hop like an art form, but so. So exactly. So like, but when you bring that up, though, it is, you, you kind of got me onto a, a point, to a tangent. Because like, technically... Damn near, it should be added as an element now. You know what I'm saying? If you really want to be real, uh, I think that I think that could be a conversation that can be had, honestly, because we've always made everything cool, especially yeah. with fashion. And it's safe to say that urban culture, which is hip hop, definitely has infiltrated fashion. So oh, yeah, for sure. We honestly yeah. could probably add that as an element, damn near, bro. It's not, and I mean, and technically, and you know, actually, we can. You know why we can? Because you were saying an art form, right? Yeah. No, wearing clothes isn't an art form, but it's an artistic expression. expression. And when we do it, we do it in an artistic, expressive way, which is the reason why. Hip hop is hit, but then again, I don't know. I feel like most creatives do. Yeah, but we're not talking about most. We're talking about just what hip hop does. Hip hop is the cool. Like, think about it. It's like you wear your hat, right? 
right. then you turn it to the side. That's hip hop. It's like, <laughs> but you're my, you see, see that you think he making me think of that, uh, that that meme with the white lady. Ah shit. <laughs> no, but like, but, but it's, I know what you mean. I know what you it's, mean. It's literally, it's literally that though. In a sense, it's like but that's just where my head went when you said. I that. feel you. I feel you. That's <laughs> fucked up. That's funny as hell though. <laughs> but uh, that's, this that's not hip hop. This is hip hop. <laughs> No, nah, but it's it's kind of like that though. For real, it's like you just because you wearing it doesn't mean it's cool. But what we do and the way we do it, we have an expressive way of doing it, which makes it cool. cool. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's a good example of using it. Because it's like when we put a hat on, we gonna make that shit look cool. Because that's what we do. You know? So it's like I do feel like nowadays you can add that as an element. So when you say that, it's kind of interesting. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To be real with you. For sure. But I mean, I guess that's the traditional elements. So I would say definitely DJing and uh, DJing and dancing. DJing and breakdancing. For sure. Honestly, though, let's get back to the fashion. Though. It is a very, very interesting point, though, man. Because, like I said, yeah, I y'all. I was trying to like, start, start a tangent. Or no, it's but not. But we're talking about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And if we're going to talk about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, let's highlight a little bit of everything. And for real, for real, run DMC. And Adidas, that was a historical moment, not only in hip hop but in brand and mar- brand and marketing. So again, once again, bringing hip hop back full circle, like us doing things that people have never seen before, breaking boundaries. Because I don't know if you remember the story, the head of Adidas was there at the concert. They didn't believe the impact of what really they were trying to convince them to like. They, they never do. Of course they don't. But when they really seen in that's the, the crowd, annoying, that's the most annoying thing to me. Of course. But like once it's again, literally right, it's literally happening right in front of you. And you still don't believe it. They they see the crowd. They see that what what the power and impact of urban culture, of course. And they were like, wow, like we we should get behind this because the thing was with Adidas was Run DMC wasn't doing it to promote Adidas. They just liked it because it was just that their swag. Like I remember, I was interning at um, what was that time? Well, hold on, let me finish this real quick. But no, nah, it kind of goes back to your t- okay, kind of ties to your point though. Like uh, just the whole like. Brand marketing, brand name recognition, tying all that stuff together. Like I remember this one guy. This is the time kind of kind of like just went to, just went to Adidas. He was telling I was interning at this um, footwear company, and it was just funny because bro was like, uh, "Yeah, the Kanye effect's not real," and I was like, "Bro, what are you talking about?" I was like, "It's definitely real." I saw with my own eyes this dude make a model that Adidas just put out that nobody knew about cool as hell and it was sitting on shelves prior to him putting it on and he put it on sold out same thing happened with the stan smiths stan smiths were like an evergreen model that from adidas that you could just walk into a store any time of year and just get kanye starts rocking the stan smiths they sell out and they're still starting to sell out in every single color they offer them urban culture man impact power I was like, that was Kanye. True. Hands down. I was like, <laughs> no, nah, nobody was thinking about wearing a Stan Smith or thinking about that very, very first pair of uh, Adidas Pure Boost or like not Adidas Pure Boost, but Adidas Boost. Which is the like reason why 2013. they was trying to get Adidas to partner up with Run DMC so much because it was like, you know what's crazy about this whole thing is that nowadays, especially when we were talking about collaborations and shit and how everything's oversaturated. Nowadays, a lot of collaborations are business transactions, less, more or less than like organic relationships or organic 
connections because in this particular situation with Adidas, I wouldn't say that was an organic relationship. I think that it became an organic relationship after it being understood what it could be, which to me is still not fully organic. I still don't think it was organic at all, to be honest with but, you. But, but, but. He just wanted to go somewhere where he could have more creative control. What are you talking about? Kanye just wanted to I'm go not talking about Kanye. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Run the Adidas DMC? thing with, Run, with, Run, with Run, Run DMC. DMC. Okay. Yeah. Might be. So basically what I'm saying is, but with them, it was like, it wasn't necessarily an organic relationship in the beginning, but I could say it was an organic connection because, like I said, Run DMC did not necessarily, and they didn't give a fuck up necessarily about Adidas in the sense of like what the brand was. They rocked Adidas because they liked Adidas. Right. So that's why it was organic. Exactly. So, and I feel like they were like basically on some shit like, hey, like you guys should really get with this because instead of throwing dollars at something and trying to make it look like somebody is fucking with it, these people are really, really fucking, fucking with, with it. it. There's kids that's really back behind it. They're really, they're, they people really, really fuck with people you. People are really buying your product because they made a song called My Adidas. Exactly. So it's like, this is the perfect opportunity. And Run DMC was the first to do it. So that's why I wanted to highlight that because again, hip hop has always uh, broke barriers and we transcend in so many ways. I think people really get shit misconstrued. Like, I hear hip hop c- fucking beats on a Wendy's commercial, man. Like, it's really that big. Man. Wendy's dropped a mixtape. Exactly. So it's like, yo, I mean, we <laughs> got. It didn't sound like it was a joke. We got to be real with ourselves. Like, urban culture runs the world. So happy birthday again to hip hop. I'm gonna be probably saying this through the whole, pod. whole podcast for real, for real. Because honestly, like. It's factual. A lot of the shit that we doing right now is literally, I'm a rapper. I fucking do, like, he fucking DJs. You know what I'm saying? I produce, like, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? That's just facts. So, this is a really big deal. Um, Yeah, man. Let's 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 continue. Uh, as far as DJing goes, because you said that's one of your favorite elements, man. Tell people, man, a little bit about your journey as a DJ, because low key, you you really still kind of fresh. You're only about three years in on this shit. Yeah. Um, you know so I started saying? teaching myself how to DJ out of actually. No, let me not even say out of boredom. I would say boredom is what forced me into like actually picking it up. But um, moved out to Portland in 2018 from New York. I feel like I'm revisiting my origin story right now in Portland, but moved to Portland from New York in 2018. And before I moved out here, I was just like, yeah, like. We're like the hip hop bars, the hip hop scene, like out here. After doing all this research, I realized that it did not seem to really exist. And if it did exist, the city didn't really seem to want to support it. So that's another topic for another day. But uh, anyway, out of moving out here to Portland, just kind of like being it's like the antithesis. Ant- I can never say this word. Antithesis of culture. After moving from what is essentially the epicenter of culture, New York City, I was like, damn, like, what's the way for me to kind of like still stay connected and tapped in everything that's kind of going on from a cultural standpoint? I was like, I like music. I've always kind of wanted to DJ. Fuck it. I'm going to have to DJ and teach myself. So bought this little new mark, Nick's Track Platinum in like 2018. I can't find it. No, 2019. End of 2019. Moved from that to. An SRT 1000, and from SRT 1000, it's like a traditional, like, final setup with DVS capabilities. Um, and yeah, that's kind of been the journey for me from a DJ standpoint. I've 
been able to DJ for, I don't know, this is an artist I DJ for named Jay Drew. We had him on the podcast. Uh, so we did a show with Knife Wonder and Mussolini end of last month. Um, I've done a handful of shows with him. So that's the first artist I've ever DJed for. I've also, also DJed for, um, there's another artist out here named Shayna. DJed for her once for like a little small performance. Um, DJ, I used to work for a footwear company out here in Portland. So I used to DJ events for them. And I also just DJ events for like brands, community events and stuff like that. So that's kind of been my journey with DJing. But I always wanted to DJ. One of my best friends' dads used to DJ. If I remember correctly, I think he was like a tour DJ for De La Soul at one point. So I grew up going to his house, listening to him spin and stuff like that in his, in his living room for like his underground radio show. It's kind of been my journey with DJing. I've always kind of been around it, but didn't pick it up until 2019 out of depression and boredom. I feel that. Yeah, I got an uncle that DJs, and I didn't even really like realize until way later on down the road. Um, the only people I knew that DJed around me was uh, DJ Kid Catastrophic. Shouts out to KC and them. Rest in peace, KC. Um, their older brother, which is who gave me my first set of records, actually. Um, when I, as soon as I got into DJing or whatever, I went to his crib. His setup was dope, bro. Like he and he actually won competitions, but um, his setup was fire. He was cool as fuck, man. He was one of those like definitely older brother types, you know. Like he just everything about him was cool older brother, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's got all the cool stuff. He had all the cool shit, Playboy magazines, but he had like the special edition ones and shit. It was cool shit, you know. As a kid, you were just like, oh man, this is the this motherfucker cool as fuck, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, no, nah, it, it's fucking dope, man. Um. But DJing, I didn't really like, that wasn't even the thing that, when I, for me, I was like, just like I said, green to everything. So I'm I'm low-key hip-hop, but not really realizing it. So I'm just dabbing in different things, just trying to find what vibes. Trying to figure out what you fuck with the most. Exactly. So DJing, I picked up briefly and then got into producing. But first for me, honestly, was uh, graffiti and breakdancing, like, I never really was a dancer. I can't dance at all. Everybody that knows me, I tell people I can't dance for shit. But like breakdancing, I used to always just be into that shit. Like I used to, like I was just telling you earlier, when my parents were fucking any anytime somebody buys something big and we had like a big box, I'd always uh break the box down and try to break dance. Like a little dance floor. Yeah, that shit was funny. Yeah, um, it's funny. The whole time I was living in New York, people I told you I thought like I told you this. People used to always ask me, like, yo, you break dance? And I'm like, No. Yeah. Like what about you make what about me makes you think I'm breakdance? You do be dancing though. Yeah, but I mean I'm not out here like B boying. Yeah. Nah, but I'm yeah. Not spinning on my head and like I can't really do a whole lot of grinders and shit. I could I could do a little something, but I can't windmill and I can't like I ain't really I can't windmill either. So basically what I'm getting at is me finding myself the main things that I really found that really stuck for me was and producing isn't really an element. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying, because DJing technically is the element. But production comes from element. I mean, production kind of comes from DJing. DJing. So it's kind of sort of a new element that we can add in hip hop to. It's, all, it's technically all part of the same DNA. But 
I got into production. I got into music production and I got into graffiti. Those two things I actually legit invested a lot of time in and really like was like, all right, this is kind of like, I, I fuck with this. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I kind of always just, I never stopped. You know what I mean? So for me, those are like the two main things. But to be honest with you, I embrace it all. Like, I love breakdancing. I love DJing. And I just got a controller recently. So, like, the DJing thing is kind of like something where I'm picking up where I left off. And I kind of wish I never stopped because, truly, I should have already been DJing. It's like, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Uh, I'm just glad to actually finally in full circle and have everything coming back to me in in a sense. The only thing I'm not doing is breakdancing. And I'm not even really doing graffiti either, to be honest with you. But... You know, I've had my rounds. No, I feel it. But yeah, we decided to like go through and find some like video footage of some of our favorite elements to kind of talk about and just put on in the background as we kind of just talk about them. So I guess I'm going to go first. So um, I don't know. Before we were trying to find video footage, we were like going through the internet trying to figure out what who to even like showcase because it's like, damn, there's like so many different original like break break b-boy crews that we could pull from but this is i'm not sure exactly which one of these guys is crazy legs but this is the rock steady crew and i want to say if they're not from washington heights i want to say they're from the bronx don't quote me on this i'm just going off of the information i have currently in my mental rolodex but yeah, y'all obviously cannot hear the audio because we don't want to give Labra copyright, but they're dancing to Africa, Bambada, um, Planet Rock. It's a classic. And it's funny because I actually just used this for um, a flyer for... You did. <laughs> for an event. So everything kind of comes full circle. Imagine being... a like again, like when this beat came out, I know the shit had turned heads. It's like, what the fuck is this? Imagine the clubs, bro. Bro, like there's the there's a twelve minute instrumental. For it's either twelve minutes or nine minutes, either way. Imagine yeah. having the song playing for damn near ten minutes in a club. People can't do that no more. It's it just <laughs> honestly, bro. I don't like to complain, but. Things ain't not the, not the same, and it's crazy because, like, we talking like we grew up in these clubs, but it's, we just we understand and appreciate and we know. And it's crazy because it's like we, we're in the clubs now. And it's like if you play the same song, there's, there's no way you could do that these days. Nah, people would. I don't know. I feel like people trip if you play, like, more than, like, two and a half minutes worth of a song. But you know the difference, though? I can tell you the reason why. Why? Because no one's dancing. This, you know, you're right. When you dancing, you you feeling it. Yeah, you don't don't really matter how long the song is. You feeling that shit and you getting it. Everybody really getting it. Like people don't really want to dance. Point. And it's so funny, man. It's all of the all the the only people that have really, I mean, okay, no, I guess people that have grown up in the United States and communities where people like dance and stuff like that, they spotted out when they go out. But the biggest people, the people I've noticed that spotted out the most, are people that are from other countries when they come here. They're like, yo, like where can I go to dance? Like I feel like every time. I go out, I hear music that should people should be dancing to, but not dancing. 
everybody's just standing around looking at each other. And I'm like, man, your guess is as good as mine, man. And I don't know if that's a Portland-specific thing, but I also noticed that that would be the case at certain places sometimes in New York. But it's not everywhere in New York. People, you can definitely go places in New York and find people that still are active on the dance floor. <clears throat> they should not make not this active, but you know they active. They should make a club to where it's like you have to dance. You have to dance exactly. Like out. you get kicked out, like for real. You get kicked out if you're not dancing. Oh, you're not dancing. Or it's like, if, or it's like, if you're, or, at or it's the like bar. If, or if you're not you're dancing, saying, get be at the bar. Yes, exactly. Like basically, if you're not if you're not at the bar, you should be on the dance floor. If you're not at the dance floor, get you a drink. Otherwise, get the fuck Slide out. Slide up out of here. Or bathroom. Other than that. Slide up out of here. Exactly. Only time you should be up on the wall is shorty grinding up on you. And y'all getting on the wall. That's the only time you should be up on the wall. He did that move already. That's what I said earlier. I know you said that earlier, but I'm just like, yeah, the song hasn't started over. But I'm just like, yeah, he definitely it had did me it. tripping. I was he like, definitely he definitely did, did that move already. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They just, you know, they rotating through. But nah, man, it's still classic, though. Yeah, so that's what we got on that. Uh, what else did we? What other elements did we mention? What you mean? You yeah. said break. I said break dancing. I said DJing. <clears throat> graffiti. Oh yeah, I guess we could. You want to do graffiti next or DJing next? Graffiti. Okay, we'll do graffiti next. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we didn't have to pull that one up either. You could have pulled up those. I mean, but I mean, it's got you know, it's got notable graffiti artists. True displayed throughout the video so I was and like, I ain't I like gonna this lie this works. game is a fucking classic too I had this video game and this was one of those ones why is it always the dope shit that people sleep on cause bro that, that game was it fire. goes back to the conversation we had a while ago like people just don't respect authenticity that game was, was honestly kind of ahead of its time like we need a video game like that again that game was did you ever play it Mm-mm. bro it was so fire I honestly didn't know about it until when did I find out about that? I don't know the SF, SF, SF what was it? SF Jet Radio, Jet Set Future. My V, my V. Jet Set Radio Future. Jet Set Radio Future. That was like my first introduction to like a graffiti video game. Oh shit! You, I'm, I'm not forgetting about that game, and I got that shit too. Yeah, that's the game I think of when I think for the Sega Dreamcast Jet Set game. Radio, but then Jet Set Radio Future too as well. Dang, what did I call the game? But there's two. There's Jet Set no, Radio. Like, what did I call oh, you it? you just had the name. The, <laughs> the letters mixed up. Yeah, I was like Jet Set Radio Future. You said what now? I was like Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> well, what Jet Jet Set Radio Future is one what of Radio them. Jet Set Future. Some shit. You said it backwards. Up, but I said something. It's Jet Set Radio and then Jet Set Radio Future. Well, those. yes, those games. Wasn't one of them on Xbox? Yeah, Jet Set Radio Future, the second one. Yeah, Jet Set Radio was Dreamcast. Dreamcast. That shit was fire too. The graphics on that game were kind of cool too. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, it was that yeah. Um, what's it called? Shade something, cell shade. I think that's what they call it. Uh, but yeah, no. What I was gonna say is that game was memorable too because Patrick, older brother, had that shit. Sega Dreamcast, and I remember I remember playing that shit. Which game? Jet Set Radio. Because mm. um, you could create your own pieces. Like, you could actually draw and create your own graffiti piece on there, and then they, they could they'd slap it. it was what? Cool. See, I didn't know you could get that intricate. What? 
I didn't really get that intricate in that game. We could like design your own tag and then. But this was only on Jet Set Radio. The first one. Yeah, from what I remember. So they didn't have that in the second one. I don't think so. I That's can't black. remember. I don't think they did though. That's I could like be wrong. That's something they could have built upon in the second one. I could be wrong, bro. Don't don't quote me on that. Cause I, I ain't gonna lie. I never got to beat the game. That's cool. Um, but I know on the first one though you can. Shouts out to Cope too. Cope, um, definitely one of those ones. He's one of the originators of the bubble letters. Like he's kind of like the OG of the bubble letters. He's like, there's a few artists that did the bubble letters, but he's one of the OGs. Once you got it, it's like tag you it now. You feel that? Yeah, definitely. You feel like it's like tag you it? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, like no lie. The shit technically never stops. It's more like a uh what's the best way to put it? It's almost like a not a disease, but it is a, but it's a disease that you can control for the most part. Like that bitch can it's, flip, like, it's like stealing. That bitch could flare up on your ass. It's like stealing. it's like something like, like, like the klepto, the kleptos. I'm gonna be real with you. If I didn't have so much going on in my life, I would be in the streets. Doing graffiti. Hell yeah. But because I got way too much going on in life, it's just impossible for me to like dedicate time to do graffiti. But I'm just saying, I mean, like, I equate this to kind of like to your point though, it's like something you can control. It's like an urge you can control, right? It's like the people that be stealing. To an extent. It's like the people that steal, they don't have to steal. It's like some people can't you stealing. Some people can't control this shit for real, for real. But I'm saying it's a rush, adrenaline rush. It is controllable though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the reason why I say it never leaves is because it's like like it's like skateboarding. Once you go out, my dude, like I'm always itching and I'm always like, fuck, I really it's like I'm not working out. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not flexing my muscles right now. Like I'm getting weak when I'm not doing it. But at the same time again, it's like snap into reality. There's a whole world out here and I got a life to live. I can't dedicate my time to this right now. It really is one of those things where like it's a cool little tag. Most people who really, really live it, they eat, sleep, and breathe it, and it is their life, and that's how it should be. Um, that's the most respectable way. There's really no halfway in, halfway out. So with me, it's like I'll forever love it, but for me to realistically dedicate my life to it, I I couldn't. There'd be no way I could because of just where I'm at in life right now. You know what I'm saying? Um. But I ain't going to sit here and say that like a, a good track session, you know what I'm saying, on a nice summer day is like, n- you know, not around a corner because it could be, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, motherfuckers ain't going out trying to get all city. I'm, I'm out trying to make music and art <laughs> and, and I'm trying to, and I ain't necessarily trying to do it. Illegally, <laughs> but shouts out to the graffiti though, because for real, that's that's. If you know, you know. That's all I gotta say. Hundreds you know, and hundreds know. of throw ups. But yeah, man. Um, I can go on and on about graffiti. I mean, I've always just rocked with it from the standpoint of like whenever I take road trips and stuff like that. I always love to see when I love. I always love when the train would drive past us on the interstate, so I can see all the all the graffiti on the trains. What we should actually highlight while Depending we're actually. On, I mean, if we were going through like 
certain in certain cities, certain major cities. If we were on the interstate driving that drove through like the downtown or just the inner city in general, like just seeing all the tags and stuff in that area. Right. I've always fuck with graffiti. It always just it just looks cool. Um what we could highlight though, um, the rappers that were real graffiti artists. DMX was one. Um Fat Joe was oh, yeah, one. Fat Joe was definitely one. Um who else? There's a lot of motherfuckers. Fabulous. He did graffiti? He did graffiti. Um shit, bro. There's, there's so many. I, I know there's a lot more I'm missing. If I'm not mistaken. I can't see Fab doing graffiti. Fab did graffiti. That's the person that don't want to get dirty. Fab did graffiti. Don't you see the type of person that don't want to get dirty? Um, like, tell me you don't see the type of person that don't ever want to get dirty. His clothes dirty. I feel that, like, you but, know he also, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. And he, I feel like if you're gonna be a graffiti artist, you gotta be willing to like get your not necessarily because kind of at certain points. Because like, depending cause, on where you go, because like some some art graffiti artists are taggers, and they're not always using cans. Some graffiti artists just tag. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So like he could have been just a fire ass tagger. You never know. He look. He seemed like he did graffiti though. He seemed like the type. The New York dudes they have like a like a authenticity to them that just. You naturally, you're not surprised if they say they did graffiti because it's New York. I mean, in fact, I'm just saying, he just don't strike me as the type of person that would be out doing graffiti. Um, motherfuckers in Wu-Tang Clan, I'm pretty sure did graffiti. I feel like Method Man definitely has some association. I could be wrong, but I know the highlights for sure. Fat Joe is one of the ones because Fat Joe really got it. That's a dope piece. These pieces of fire that they're showing. That's dope. But yeah, I don't want to sit on this for too long. Um, what else was the with the Griff? Uh, we we did we did break dancing. DJ man. But either way, I've been showing videos of uh people from like the Executioner DJ crew, which is Rob Swift, Rock Raider, Mister Sinister, and then there's a fourth person. I cannot remember the fourth person's name off the top of my head, but there might be a fifth person actually. But. I got three of the three of the potential five off the top of my head. Turn me up. I can't hear the audio. I mean, you don't need the audio. I don't want to be able to hear it. I was just trying not to go through the, po- the process of having to take audio out of the MP3 file again. Well, for copyright? Just in, just in general. Oh. I mean, I don't know what he's playing. You should be alright with this though. He's scratching and stuff. But yeah. Anyway. This is like the DMC competition from I wanna say it said nineteen ninety five. That shirt he's got on his fire, actually. That's what I'm saying, that X-Men shirt is crazy, crazy gas, bro. Straight up vintage, man. This, uh, it looks like hat? it goes with the hat that I have. That's had. what I'm saying, bro. The fuck? I don't know what year that t-shirt is from, but I have this dope X-Men hat. From I mean, that's 95. Too. It's probably from the night. It's 95, probably. No, nah, my hat's from 93, I want to say. But either way, it's a fire hat. It's like a purple hat with a gray brim. It's in my room somewhere. I wish I, I should grab it, but I don't want to wake my older brother up. He's asleep right now. And he's got to get up kind of early tomorrow to work you doing the whole work from home thing <laughs> oh yeah now this is a little fire set 
Oh, he kind of finessing right now. I know y'all can't really hear this, but I don't know. I might be able to turn the volume up in the post too. Look at this dude. To finagle for y'all. Yeah, he's dope. He had a control, a set of control vinyl that Serato put out for him. Um, can't remember how long ago it was, but I was about to grab it, but I didn't. Cause it's just some fucking control vinyl. It's just blue control vinyl. And I wish I could see his hand on the crossfader, but the angle that they were showing it at was kind of. I don't even know what kind of mixer that is. But yeah, this is like a famous routine that he's doing right here. Yeah, what kind of mixer is that? It looks like it doesn't even really have any highs, mids, or EQs on it. You see what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Watching man, it's crazy how they be doing this shit. He just going through records. And it's like no headphones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you know where your marks and stuff are, it don't matter. But they're marking it. Right. Like manually marking the records. Yeah, it's the same thing as setting the cue point digitally. You listen to the track and then figure out where you want to set your cue point at. It's like, oh, it's right here. All right, let me put the cue point right there at the 2 o'clock mark or maybe at the 12 o'clock mark. It's all based on personal preference. But yeah. Yeah, so this is the, what I said, 1995 BMC competition? 95. Yeah. <laughs> this man fooling around. What are you playing, dog? Right. That's funny. That's funny. But yeah, the only thing I'd hate about having a DJ back in the day would be fucking uh, carrying around all those goddamn fucking records. Plus the equipment, too. The equipment shit, I could get used to. I gotta get over that. Records do get heavy, though. Carrying around crates on 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 crates of records. Fuck Yo. that. Yeah, I'm trying to be that nice. Bro, when they motherfuckers start doing headstands, handstands on this shit stuff, I'm just like, all right. You seen the motherfucker do that shit? Crazy with it. 
he said, and then falls on his. That was crazy. Man, I'm sick with it. But yeah, so that's uh the 1995 DMC World Competitions. Shout out to Rock Raider. <clears throat> um, yeah, I feel like that we kind of touched everything, right, for the most part. The three elements that we highlighted. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, as yeah. far as oh, and then there's another last topic that you want had on the list, actually. Actually, I want that was supposed to be beforehand. I want to. I want to can. You still want to talk about it real quick? Mm, I mean, or you just want to push it to the next. Say it, but right. to continue where we left off with the whole hip hop thing. Um, yeah, cause I kind of want to shed some more, a little bit more on this. So we talked about the elements and shit like that, but we didn't really talk about like artists that much. And I know we like, you know, can't really go too long on this shit, but for you, like who are some artists that like really, really, really like, I ain't gonna say define you, but motherfuckers that, that you, if you had to have like a top. Like a Mount Rushmore, basically. I don't want to use that because I'm not saying like I literally. Mean, that's what I think of people like but top like, five, whatever. I'm like, in the grand scheme Rushmore. of things, if you can name at least two people that you know for sure, like they definitely in there. Who? Do they have to be? I'm talking about people that impacted your life musically. Like, you, as a kid, you came up on them, and as an adult, you still rock with it. And it's like they were always. Oh. I mean, outcast collectively. Okay. For sure. Easily. Um, hmm. It's got to be a rap group or a rap artist. Fuck. Honestly, I don't know if this is cliche. Because I only get two, right? I mean... Technically. Yeah, for real. Okay. I mean, if you had me more, the list would, you know. Because, like, that's because, like, like, I didn't really want to say Mount Rushmore because I don't mean Mount Rushmore. Let I, me get five. I, I, I'm not, but I'm not talking about a Mount Rushmore. I'm, I'm Outcast, Pharrell, Kanye. But you're Honestly, naming, it sounds like you're naming Mount Rushmore's, and I'm not talking about Mount I'm Rushmore. still not even really, I'm just thinking of artists that I grew up, like, fucking with as a kid that, like, I still fuck with. To this day, Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Putting him on my list. And shit, I guess Jay-Z. Because my, my Mount Rushmore top five is completely different from what I was really even talking about. I think what so I'm what getting, you mean, then? Because, like, to me, there's certain artists that kind of define my DNA of who I am. Like, there's certain artists that I played before I understood what hip-hop was. I'm talking about before you knew what hip-hop was, before you knew what culture was, before you knew what any of this was, the music that stuck to you as a kid. And if those are the artists, then cool. I mean, those are some of them. Um, But for me, like, none of the... And all the artists that you mentioned... Artists that definitely had a somewhat of an impact on my life, but they're later on down the road. Okay. I literally grew up on like what they call, I guess, the golden era, but even nothing, I, I guess they call it the golden era. Maybe like with the 90s hip hop? Or is that before the 80s, 80s into 90s? Yeah, exactly. 80s into 90s. 
Um, but the golden era is technically the nineties. Yeah, so no, the era before the golden era. But that's what I what I kind of am in the in between because like mine's like late eighties, early nineties. But what I'm getting at is before I understood what any of this shit was, my dad had me listening to shit that most kids my age don't even have a they don't even know shit about really. So like all those artists you mentioned is crazy because like for real obviously you know i had a for real poster in my fucking room so for real obviously it's somebody who we already know you know what i'm saying skateboard pete but that wasn't later on till down the road and i understood what culture was by that time but at the time that i'm just a, a young kid i'm listening to public enemy ll cool j see i had to find out about all them on my own and see that's crazy that's the interesting part. Not crazy, but it's just like crazy. Like it's interesting because it's like there's so many ways people are introduced to hip hop. And I would say I would, I would have to not to cut you off, but I got to credit a lot of my, I guess, um, just knowledge of artists on my dad having um, the serious satellite radio subscription. But because like I would listen to stations like Backspin. I'm trying to think of what other, like Shade 45 and stuff like that. And I mean, just listening to Shade 45, because DJ, DJ Premier had a, TV, had a radio show on Shade 45. And that's where I really like started to do more research on him, figure out who he was. And I was like, oh, he <clears throat> is actually not only a DJ, but also a producer who produced for these groups. True. I bet. Let me, and these particular artists, like, oh, I didn't know DJ Premier produced this song. For Nas, oh, I didn't know DJ Premier was producing these tracks for Gangstar. I didn't even know who Gangstar was. Right. This is being like early middle school, like fifth grade going into <laughs> going into sixth grade. But that's crazy though, because like I'm a little, I'm kind of like uh, like most people, they go back and they listen to the artists that I was listening to as a kid. But me, it was like I heard, I already had that in me naturally. So then. By the time I was able to understand what shit was, I did go and start going on my own to like listen to shit myself and go beyond what was shown to me. But luckily, the shit that was shown to me was like the real shit. Because like I said, most people my age, our age, they don't have no public enemy like connection. No. They didn't grow up listening to that. It's, it's even funnier because I even think of... Um... I don't know, growing up as a kid, like I used to just like, before I go to sleep, as I would go to sleep, I would just have the radio on and it would always be on the hip hop radio station. So I'm just going to sleep, just listening to, <laughs> listening to rap music. Like, so I'm hearing these artists, I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with them. I also, I also had older babysitters that were like into rap and stuff like that. Shout out to Taisa. Uh, she, she was always, she always had us watching BET and like MTV, the music video shows and stuff after school. So not only was I listening to these artists on the radio, I was able to put a, a face with a name. I feel so that. That was helpful. I feel that. And just seeing the fashionness that they're wearing made me fuck with it even more. I'm I like, feel oh, that too. I like Jordans. They all wearing Jordans and sneakers and stuff too. Yeah, man. Um, shit dope. Honestly, it's amazing to see that, to see that, you know, where we all are now and, and how music has shaped us. Cause I definitely feel like if it wasn't for those things, like I said, that those those core artists. So when we were talking about the artists, for me, LL Cool J and Public Enemy would be those two. And the only reason why I say those two artists is because I can genuinely say that as a kid, 
those artists I really legit grew up on those artists that's all I knew for a really long time and I didn't really know nothing else until I was able to really go out of my way so it's like I forever have to like appreciate and and, and respect that just for what it is because it's like for those that know man Ella Cool J is literally one of the greats like I was gonna say not even not to cut you off again but I even got like to go back to the point I was making like just like self-discovery like even just playing video games and stuff i'd have to honestly give a major credit to the grand theft auto franchise for like putting me onto a lot of artists that i wouldn't have known about had i not been playing that game and been like yo who is this on this who song who song is this like for example uh what is it uh in vice city all the two live crew tracks that were on that on that on that game I wouldn't have really known about Two Live Crew and all them unless I have one. Well, I had some older homies that gave me this, uh, it's like bass, <laughs> this bass mix CD <laughs> as a young kid. So that was helpful and let me find about them as well. But also just like playing games like Vice City because I mean, the game is based in Miami. So it's like, we're going to have some my original Miami bass music playing in the game from a rap standpoint. I'm like, oh, who is this? Two Live Crew? Oh, this the same group that did Hoochie Mama. Hmm. I'm like, I had no idea. Get It Girl was the same. Like, get, 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 yeah, you know, get it girl. Yeah, like that, that song was in that song was in Vice City. <laughs> get, 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 get it girl. But you know what I'm talking about? Stuff like that. Like, just actually being tapped in with the pop with the, the pop pieces of pop culture that I'm like actually engaging with. Right. Like, oh, what is this? Let me do a little bit more research. And I just cop that LL Cool J uh, All Worlds vinyl too cause like I said this is something I grew up on so like I, out here I was at the uh, record shop and matter of fact I saw it on Instagram and told dude I was like yo I want this can you put it on hold for me he was like yeah and I went and go got it I was like yo this is like I grew up on this album I gotta get it on vinyl now that I got a record player it's like anytime I see a childhood CD on vinyl I'm copping it but yeah, straight up. That's kind of the, the you know the gist of the episode. We just want to kind of pay homage to the 50th birthday of hip hop. Um, now we're about to hop into the jam sesh. All right, y'all. This brings us to the end of this episode. We appreciate you rocking with us. Hit the like, comment, and subscribe buttons. And share it with your peoples. Leave us some feedback. If you're looking for us, we're on the digital streaming platforms. But if you prefer to watch, check us out on YouTube at Earns World TV. All music from the jam session is available on the playlist via Spotify and Apple Music. So hit the link in the description. But if you want to jam with us, hit YouTube. If you have any music you want to share, our DMs is open. As always, we're your hosts, DJ Earn One. And if you. We'll see you next time. I'll be back.